church, how are you doing? Yeah? You excited to be in the, in the house of the Lord today? Come on, you're excited to be in God's house today? That sounds better. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, we just came back from our housing campus uh, to, uh, to take our speaker this morning, but also uh, a special guest that we have here today, uh, because today we have a uh, family with us that is very special, very dear to us. They are leading the Celebration Church Paris Church Plant. And you may have heard about them uh, before. Um, uh, we've been uh, working there for about uh, two years now. And uh, so it's really a pioneering work that we're doing at the moment. But it's so, so amazing to have them with us today. Like when you uh, give to Thousand Hills, actually part of your giving goes to uh, missionaries and missions projects. And one of those projects actually is uh, Celebration Church uh, Paris. In fact, um, they, they came here today to pick up a sound system that we still had here at Thousand Hills that they're going to bring back to, back to Paris uh, for their services. And also, uh, um, you know, we want to help them um, these coming few months with the rental of the facilities that they, that they use, the, the, the um, cafe that they're using in, uh, in Paris uh, so we just want to bless them and help them because we believe God has an amazing plan for the city of Paris. How many of you believe that with me? So I want to uh, invite um, Pastor Loic and Aurelie, uh, this fantastic couple, to come on the platform. And uh, why don't we just welcome them right now? And... Um, you know, why don't you just introduce yourself and um, just really, you know, the church. Some of you know you um, know you already. Some of them know you already, but not everyone. So just go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, church. How are you doing? You're doing great? Well, first, I want to apologize for my English. It's very broken. I am only a French guy, but uh, the good thing is uh, my English is better than uh, Noah's Dutch. And uh, <laughs> this is good. This is good. <laughs> So I'm Loic and my wife, uh, Oeli, my beautiful wife. So no, our kids is just uh, there. So if you see uh, beautiful kids, uh, and uh, it's mine, even I'm ugly, but uh, <laughs> it's because of her. <laughs> just uh, first, I want to uh, thank uh, your pastor and uh, Pastor Sebastian and Pastor Eva for everything you, you do and uh, all the support uh, materially, but more spiritually. You give to us, and uh, I just want to honor you. The, the same Bible say uh, to um, to to be careful about um, uh, flat, flattering uh, mouths. Say to uh, to give honor to uh, honor uh, who deserve. And uh, thank you, uh, Pastor Sebastian. Thank you, Eva. You have a big support for us, and uh, thank you for your love and for you for all you you do for for us and for Celebration Paris project. So we just want to. Um, to, to ask you to pray uh, about three things this morning. Uh, first, I want to, uh, you to pray for our team. And uh, I know I, I just asked uh, on uh, our WhatsApp group, a uh, few people on our team are watching the live now. So I know that uh, now in the head uh, we are um, part of a biggest family, but I want they know that in the earth. So if you just can make an appreciation for them, and uh, they are watching you uh, on the live, so thank, thank you so much. For, thank you for praying for your team, they do a, a great job and uh, a lot of sacrifice and, uh, to, uh, to follow the, this uh, 
crazy Cooper <laughs> we had. And uh, yes, pray for our team. And uh, secondly, uh, we want to pray for, for us, for our family. Uh, I know it seems selfish, but uh, we need really uh, that. Uh, we need to pray for, for, for us, for our marriage, for our kids. Uh, you know, this is not against flesh and blood, but uh, against principality, and especially in Paris. The uh, context of spiritual thing is very hard. Noah can tell you that. And uh, we are in the front line, so pray for us. Pray for us. You, we, uh, we know you. You have our back, and uh, thank you to praying for us. And the third thing I want you to pray, and this is maybe the most important thing, is to pray for the city of Paris. And uh, I just want to share you um, a short verse. Uh, this is in Jeremiah 29 and verse 7. It says that, um, I will read in English. It says, And seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray unto Yahweh for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. And we really believe that. Uh, Jesus is our Prince of Peace, and he wants to bring peace in the city of Paris. People are struggling with a lot of things, anxiety, depression, and um, uh, just uh, the, the week before with Noah, we um, hang out uh, in the gate of the north of Paris, and we see all the people uh, um, uh, in drugs, and uh, a lot of uh, migrants uh, uh, live outside. And uh, really, our earth is like the earth of Jesus. We are full of compassion for our city. And uh, really, we believe that God wants to, to, uh, to do great things in Paris and to be part of this great family uh, is like a privilege. So pray for the city of Paris to, uh, to have a big revival and to bring uh, Jesus and the gospel of the kingdom. That's right. Thank. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, can I just tell you how proud we are of them and um, that we're so thankful to be a family that is not just here locally in Hilversum and Huizen, but spans uh, all the way to Paris and Zimbabwe and the U.S. and, and even Israel, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's just great to be part of something, uh, something bigger mm. and, um, you know, people like you guys who are there pioneering, they really need our prayer support. So I really want to encourage all of you to, um, to really start praying for them on a, on, a, on a daily basis, if you can. And pray for their family, pray for the city, pray, uh, pray for the team as well. And, and I believe God is going to work miracles uh, in them and through them in the city. And, and the darkness will have to flee when, when the name of Jesus gets proclaimed, when the gospel of the kingdom really gets proclaimed in this, this great city. So, so let's pray. Why don't we all stand up, uh, lift our hands towards them as a sign of blessing, and, and let's believe for, for God to do amazing things. Let's stand a little bit to the forward. Yeah. God, we just want to thank you, Lord, for Loic and Aurelie and their beautiful kids. We want to thank you for this couple who um, love you so much, who love this, their city so much, God. And, and God, you've called them. You've set them apart. And God... Um, Lord, we just want to pray for them and their family. God, it's not always easy to live in a city like that, Father, um, as you um, are involved in spiritual labor. And God, it's sometimes a struggle even financially, God, as, as they're doing this all as volunteers, Father. God, we pray that your hand would rest upon them, that you would encourage them, equip them, give them everything that they need. Lord, just shower your love over them, God. 
God allow us to be a help, allow us to be, to really be that family for them as well, God, even though we're only five hours away. And, and God, we want to pray for their team as well. God, may you bless them, may you guide them, may you direct them, may there be unity, Father, and may there be a common purpose to, to really reach that city uh, of, of Paris. And God, finally, we want to pray for that city. Father, we pray for revival. Lord, we pray that there will be a hunger, a spiritual hunger in that city that will just start, start bubbling up, Lord. And that, um, that people who are far from you at the moment, who are uh, locked in darkness, God, we pray that they would hunger for freedom, that they would hunger for your shalom, Lord, your wholeness, God, to flood their lives, God. And I pray, Lord, that the message of, of Celebration Paris will be, will be relevant, God, and that, uh, that many people will be reached uh, by, the, by this gospel, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, may they truly be good news to their city. In Jesus' name, we believe for miracles. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's put our hands together one more time. Um, also, if you ever, yeah, you can be seated. Also, if you um, ever visit Paris, make sure you, you check them out. Um, I believe they're meeting on Fridays and every uh, bi-weekly on Sundays as well. And, and you'll get to hear our sound equipment. How cool is that, right? <laughs> so uh, make sure you visit them. Uh, it's, it's going to be a big blessing for them and for the team, you know, when, when there's people from Thousand Hills actually going over there and just being a support. So, hey, I, wanna, I don't want to take more of, uh, of Noah's time. Let's just all welcome Noah Dormada as he brings the word today. Thank you. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? That's good. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's like, I'm all right. Um, I'm obviously not uh, physically well right now, um, but I'm really happy to be here, and I'm really excited about what I think God's going to do today. Um, uh, I was riding my bike here this morning, <coughs> and um, it was raining. I think it was below freezing. I can't tell. I was freezing. And... Um, <laughs> And, uh, and I had so much joy in my heart, and, and I share this at the other services because it's so true, but like, I really was, I was just kind of writing, I was just trying to get here, I'm like, oh, my hair's getting wet, my clothes are getting wet, but I just had a joy, and, um, and I was kind of asking the Lord, I'm like, Lord, there's no reason I should be this excited to go speak three times sick, and it's raining on me right now. Um, and, and then the Lord put Psalms 122 on my heart, which is where David was writing, and he says, my heart was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. And, um, and, and, and it just kind of gave me this, like, surety that, like, today's going to be fine. That Jesus is going to speak and his name's going to be glorified. And the worship team's amazing every single week. And so I was just really excited to be here today. And uh, so thank you, Pastor Sebastian and Ava, for just continuing to create an environment and a safe place for the Lord to come and do what he wants to do. Um, things have been so different uh, since the summer. And it's just amazing to see the Holy Spirit show up every single week. Uh, at, at every service, um, and thank you for trusting so many other people and new people with new tasks and new uh, ways to be involved. And then uh, Luik and Orly, man, a lot of you guys don't know. Like I was, I was in Paris for four months with the church there before I was here, and um, to get to spend that much time with them, uh, where the ground is so hard, I can vouch uh, that's the hardest place I've ever done church in my entire life. It's uh, it is hard ground. Um, but it's a city of over 10 million people that don't know Jesus. They are hurting. They are depressed. They are on drugs. There is a lot of anxiety. But Jesus brings a hope. Uh, Jesus is the king of kings, and he will have his way in that city, and that city will come to know Jesus. And I was reminded 
this morning that uh, when I was here in February for the Awakening Conference, uh, we had some people from the church in Antwerp, Belgium, where I was last weekend, and we had the team from Paris there as well. And I remember, like, it was during one of the altar moments, and I think I was over here praying, and God put something on my heart about revival in that region of Europe. Um, the Lord said that he's going to have revival in Europe, and I remember being like, uh, okay. You know, I just was like, I was like, I guess I'll just kind of pray into that. I didn't really have, like, a uh, an image in my head or a clear mindset. And then when I was actually in Belgium last weekend preaching at Lighthouse Fellowship Church with Pastor Frank uh, and Hadassah, who are very good friends of the church here, uh, they're in Belgium, and that's when God really connected it for me. And so I, am, I feel like I have a very clear picture in my head and a very clear picture in my heart of what Jesus wants to do in this region of the world from Paris, Belgium, and Holland, and that there's true revival coming to this region of, of, of Europe and that it's been set apart for the purposes of, of the Lord. And so I just want to kind of prophesy that. I want to speak it out and uh, just encourage you guys to keep working on what you're working on and to keep sowing into the team there. So, and if you guys are watching from Paris, I love you so much. <coughs> so I'm going to read uh, from James chapter 2, verses 14 through 22. It's a little bit longer, but you'll see why. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. But even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much, Lord, for today. God, I just ask Holy Spirit, even right now, Lord, that you would come and do what you want to do. Would you come and do what only you can do? And Lord, would you speak through me, Lord? Would it be as few of my words as possible? Holy Spirit, Lord, would you just give me the strength, Lord, to just deliver this word, Lord, as you gave it to me for these people? And Lord, would you continue, God, Lord, to supernaturally bind us together, Lord, in love for one another, God, Lord. Lord, that you would just fill us, Lord, with passion. And Lord, that you would open up the ears and the eyes of our hearts, Lord, to hear what it is, Lord, that you're speaking to us as a church family today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're taking notes today, which I recommend because this message is really good, um, the, the, the title of the message is Training for Reigning. I want to discuss uh, with you just how much everything matters, just how much like, our day-to-day life, how much Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday matters, and that this Christian faith was never designed to be on a Sunday. Uh, it was never meant to be totally set apart. It was never made to be individualistic. It was never made to be separate from one another. But that Jesus has called us as his image bearers, made in his image and likeness, to go out into all the world and to be his representative by not just our personal faith that we keep behind closed doors, but that we would use our words to encourage and to, and, and, and to speak life into people's lives, to speak life and light into dark places. And that with our time and with our resources and with our actions that people would see the true love of Jesus that is inside of us, that there would actually be something different inside of us than what there is in the world. 
right now, I, I mean, I've been to a lot of churches in a lot of different countries, and statistically, the church is not that different yet from the world. Divorce rates are similar, addiction rates are similar, depression rates are similar, suicide rates are similar. But it's not always supposed to be that way. And I think that the reason that we see this brokenness in the world and inside the church is because the church has not yet surrendered itself to Jesus. We like the event of a one-time salvation. And that's so important. And, and, and I'm gonna touch on that. Like when we give our life to Jesus, it's the single most important moment of our entire life. And so much freedom does and will continue to come out of that. But that is truly step one of many. This is a light, we are eternal beings. And for an eternity, we're going to continue to walk out real lives, real lives before the Lord. So I wanna be very clear on this and I have no shame in saying it. If you disagree with me, then just come tell me afterwards. Um, I'll crush you with scripture anyways. But I want you to know that uh, good works are not legalistic. They're not. And I think what's happened is we, we've, we've gotten so, the church historically had such an emphasis on good works as though righteousness was attained from it that it put a bad taste in the modern church's mouth and so we're so afraid to be bold or to even teach on good works. But here in scripture, and I can give you a lot more, good works is just, it's, it's supposed to be an overflow. The things that God told us to do were the things that God told us to do. And I believe that in that there comes so much freedom, there comes so much power, there comes so much purpose that this whole identity crisis that we see in the world today would be gone in the hearts of the believers if we would actually surrender ourselves to Jesus. The biggest problem with this is that we don't know his word. Like we're not reading it enough. Again, a lot of this is statistical and so I'm not like gonna point out anybody here. I actually feel like God's doing something very, very, very special here. But if we don't know his word, then we don't know his promises. We don't know what he's called us into. We don't know what he's asking us to do. So many times we're like waiting for God to like speak to us, but he's already given us a ton of instruction to be generous, to give of our time, to take everything to him in prayer. And then there's so much things about identity and there's so many things about um, who we are that if we don't know it, then we're gonna be swayed by the world. We're gonna be swayed. The story of he who builds his life on the rock that's this. We have to know who we are. We have to know what he's called us to. Otherwise, we're just gonna live a life that, you know, we're gonna be very frustrated that five years ago I was here and I thought I was, oh, I'm still here because we didn't lay our lives down. We did not surrender our life to Jesus. It was, for so many people, it was a one-time event when he's calling us into something greater. And so the way that this ties into training for reigning is that the Lord has given every single one of us an opportunity every single day to walk into what he's called us to, to walk into what he's called us to, to be obedient with our time, to be obedient with our words, to be obedient with our finances, to give what he's given us. <coughs> to, can you, to continue on in James chapter two, I have three more verses here. It says, and the scripture was fulfilled by, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. God has called us to be a part of his work on the earth. It's the simplest matter of fact that we are not here to just get saved and then wait for a day coming. That day is coming. And if you do that, I will see you there. But I really would like to be a part of what Jesus is doing today. 
I would really like to be a part of what he's doing in Hilversum. I would really like to be a part of what he's doing from Paris to Belgium to Holland. I want to be a part of revival. I want to be a part of what Jesus is a part of. Otherwise, we struggle with this purposeless, identityless life crisis where we're like, well, Lord, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I shouldn't be struggling with those things anymore. You shouldn't. The problem is you're still trying to hold on to what you had and what you want instead of laying it down. And the big difference is this. You have to understand, like, this is not a call. I'm not going to, like, at the end of service be like, come and give all your money. Like, that's not, that's, this isn't that. But will you be obedient tomorrow when he tells you to do something with your money? Will you be obedient with what he tells you to pray about? Will you be obedient with the way he wants you to give of your time? Maybe he wants you to be more involved with the church here. There's plenty of needs. Maybe he wants you to be involved with the food bank or the clothing bank. Maybe he wants you to like serve your horrible, evil, wicked boss at your job. Maybe he's calling you into something greater than yourself. Maybe, maybe you've been invited into a life of complete purpose one that equips you for the eternity that we're gonna live in. Because let me be very clear about this. That idea that we're gonna be floating on clouds, playing harps in heaven with nothing to do, it's not in the Bible. It's not biblical. There's a lot to do. And there's an eternity of it coming. And it will be worth it. I promise you it will be worth it. God entrusts each of us with different blessings and in different measures, places us in different places, and around different people. Why? Because you're gonna be the Jesus that some people see, the only Jesus that some people see. I said it last time I preached, I know like in the US, so I don't know what it is here, it's gotta be close. 70% of people in my generation are gonna live and die without ever going to church, and that includes funerals and weddings. So even if we're doing great church services, we're missing it big time. It is not Pastor Sebastian's job to save everybody in Hilversum. The Holy Spirit draws all men to the Father, but we are called to do is to be obedient. So on Wednesday, at your work, with that depressed coworker, do you really believe that you have something, that you carry something, that you can go and speak into their life love, not to tell them that if they don't know Jesus that they're gonna go to hell. Can you love them? Can you serve them? Can you, if the Lord puts it on your heart to like pay for their lunch and to take them, to like give them some time, nobody has more time than the other person. We all have the same 24 hours and we all know a time when somebody took time to speak into our lives and to give us of what they had and it meant a lot to us. So why are we so stingy with our time? Why can't we love somebody? Why can't we go do another hospital visit? Why can't we go and serve the, the, the at the end of this book of James or, uh, or of chapter one, James says true religion in, the God, in, in faith is this, that you would care for the widow and the orphan of their time of need. We're a continent filled with people that have lost all their homes. We're filled with coworkers and friends and family that are depressed clinically. We're all, the amount of medication that people are on is insane. And it's because we don't know who we are. And the people that do claim to know Jesus haven't surrendered their life to him in a way that gives them the power and the ability to read scripture and see that it says that you carry something, that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you and that you might be able to put a hand on somebody in prayer on a lunch break and change their life forever. But we don't know it because we're not, we're not reading enough. <laughs> uh, in Matthew 25, Jesus tells the story of the talents. Okay, and this is the story where like, uh, it says that Jesus is teaching the story, but he's kind of talking about himself. He goes, it's gonna be like a master who goes on a long journey. 
And before he left, he gave one servant five talents, which was just a sum of money at the time. And to one servant, he gave two, and to one servant, he gave one. And after a long time, he came back, and the servant that was given the five talents was able to go back to the master and say, Lord, I took what you gave me, and I doubled it. Here's 10. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into the joy of your master and gives it to him. And then to the servant with two, likewise, but to the servant that was given one, there was so much insecurity and so much doubt that they just buried what had been given to them. And then when the master came back to go, here, Lord, here's just, you know, back what you, and he goes, why? Why didn't you do something with it? Why didn't you invest it? Why didn't you pour it into the marketplace? Why didn't you do something? And, what, and the one that he had was taken from him and he was rebuked. I don't want to be a rebuked servant. I want to take whatever dreams and couple talents that I have and give them to the service of other people in obedience to Jesus so that he might entrust me with more. Because again, there's an eternity coming. We're training for reigning. We're training to live out a life for Jesus that starts now, but will carry on for a millennium over and over and over again. God in making us in his image and likeness has created human beings who can think, reason, love, or rebel. And from the beginning of scripture all the way through to the end, we see that human beings have rebelled against God. It's the only reason, reason Jesus had to come and do what he did was because from the beginning, there's been rebellion in the hearts of human beings. But because of the spirit that rose Christ from the dead that now lives in us as believers, as followers of Jesus, we carry something within us that can allow us to overcome that rebellion. We can declare loyalty to Jesus and we can walk in loyalty to him. We can do things his way because of Jesus and because of the empowering and the filling of the Holy Spirit. We can take passages of scripture and say, that's who you say I am. Okay, Lord. And we have the ability and the power of faith to walk that out and to be who he's called us to be wherever that is. And let me just encourage you. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what your educational background is. Every single one of us have a story. Every single one of us have a voice. Every single one of us have a talent. Every single one of us have hopefully something in the bank account. We have something to give. And the miracle about Jesus is that we don't ever have to disqualify, disqualify ourselves by saying, well, Jesus, I don't have, it doesn't matter. Because what Jesus does is he's the great multiplier. Remember the story of Jesus with the fish and the loaves and the thousands of starving people that were too far from a town to even go buy food. And a handful of people gave what they had. I can only imagine that somebody gave the back half of a fish and was like, Ooh, Lord, here you go. He multiplied it. Jesus is the great multiplier. All he's asking is, again, for our obedience. Will we obey him? Will we walk out what he's called us to walk out? So I truly believe that there's only honor and reward in completely laying our lives down for Jesus. And again, just to reemphasize, this does not mean that you're gonna have to starve to death and that you're never gonna be able to buy a new pair of jeans. This is not what this is about. It's a heart posture. It's a, it's a place of your heart that says, Jesus, I want to do this with you. And I don't even understand all the words. And I don't understand all the details. But I don't know a single detail about tomorrow, but you know it from beginning to end completely. And so your game plan is probably better than mine. Okay, I'll do it, Lord. I think that the Lord loves our weak yeses. He loves our weak 
acts of obedience. He knows who we are. He knows our struggles. Jesus came and lived in the same flesh that we have. And it says in Isaiah that even he knows the suffering of the human body. He knows the temptations. He knows the things that we struggle. He was also tempted as we were tempted with all the same stuff. He knows, but he's given us his Holy Spirit and he's empowered us to overcome. Do you want to? Or do you want to keep living through life flippantly and just kind of be like, well, you know, I, just, I like to go to church on Sunday. Please hear me. I'm not trying to beat you guys up. I, this is like my, one of my favorite churches in the world. And I see God doing something very special here and there's revival coming to this region of the world, 100%. I want you to be a part of it with me. I want you to be a part of it with one another. We are a family. And I don't care how different your job is from coming to church on a Sunday. There's people here that don't know Jesus. And so you have the same opportunity as me and every other person in this room to love and to serve. The same one. And if you will allow God the opportunity to reveal this to you, and we're gonna pray at the end, God's gonna give some of you a supernatural revelation of your part to play in this on a daily basis. He's going to, because it's in his word. And we are going to be the bride of Christ that made herself ready. We are going to be people that were ready. We're gonna be people found faithful. We're going to be. So I truly believe that the main principle in this training for reigning scenario is stewardship. And stewardship in the dictionary just says, a person who manages another's property or finances, that's us. All that we have is not ours. And I understand that some people have worked really hard and went to school for a really long time to have what they have, and that's great. But from the very breath in our lungs to the talents that we have to the operating mind that we have was given to us as a gift from the Lord because he loves us and he took the time to make us. He spoke the world into existence and Psalms 139 says that he knit us together. He put his hands on us. We are special and he does know you completely. And in that, he filled you up, not just with your face and your emotions, but your dreams and your passions as well. So what if Yahweh, <coughs> excuse me, what if Yahweh in his divine wisdom has given each individual person the same opportunity to prove loyalty and to love him? Everyone can love, everyone can serve, everyone can steward with what they have. What if Yahweh in his passionate love for us has given us the opportunity to come into a family by his blood in hopes that we would not choose him one time but renounce our love for the world and actually believe his word and his voice. Uh, could I have the keys come back up, please? You super gifted individual. <laughs> I love you, Felix. <laughs> Everybody here loves you, man. Love you too. The amount of scripture that discusses this idea that the Lord created us because he wanted us and that he will have us is the whole story of scripture. It's the whole story. He created a family. He will have that family. The role that we play in it on an eternal basis does depend on what we do here. This is the training ground. It does matter. And even if there were no rewards on this side of heaven, I would give my all for what he promises is coming in the future. But even then, he says that he came to give us life and life more abundant. And I just want you to know, sometimes that's financial. Sometimes it's when he brings healing to a childhood hurt you haven't thought of in 35 years. 
Sometimes it's a supernatural peace in the process of losing your job or your home. Maybe it's peace in the process of losing a loved one or being hurt or wronged completely that you didn't deserve. But Jesus did come to give us life and life more abundant. And it is worth giving all that we have to him and doing it his way because his way is the best way. It's the only way. Revelations 2, verses 26. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I've done a lot of research on this passage, the morning star. It stands out it's right as Jesus is coming back at the end of the age. And I'm like, okay, well, this must be super important. So I start doing this study on the morning star. And it means divinity. It's the rule. It's what makes Jesus a king and a ruler. It's his divinity. We do not have this right now. But to him who conquers until the end, to him who is found faithful until the end, Jesus desires to share his divinity with us. He will make us like him. And like I said, in scripture, it says that when we see him, we will be like him as he is because we will see him as he is. And there will be a transformation that happens in our bodies and we will rule and reign with him, like him. He will always be king. He will always be Yahweh. He will always be other. But man, there's an upgrade coming to our bodies and to our minds and our spirits that he's going to, he desires. He's so good. He is so beautiful. And Jesus is so kind that even though we don't choose him, as much as we should. And even though humanity entirely has rebelled, he has set in motion a plan to make us like him, to heal every broken part, to remove all the depression, to remove all the anxiety, all the tiredness, the inability to sleep, fear of your children, fear of your future, fear of your past, coming, all of it. It's not just gonna be made whole. We're gonna be given the morning star we're going to be given divinity. And then Revelations 22, it says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. This is what Jesus chose to say at the very end of the Bible, that he's coming to repay. I want you to know that the word judgment has such a negative connotation because of the way we think of judgment, which is like somebody hammering down in a courtroom saying guilty. There's two words for judgment in the text that the scripture was written in the language, the Greek. One is the judgment that we don't want. And that's, for some people, that's what it's gonna be. But there's also a judgment of reward. There's also the judgment of, okay, like almost like an Olympic race and the, and the racer, he runs. Like Paul said, he goes, I run the race with endurance. I do it for a reward. That's what Paul taught. And this is what he's talking about, that he's gonna run his race well to be rewarded well. And there's real gold and there's real diamonds and silver and treasure coming in heaven. But listen to me, to be in the presence of Jesus, to be in the presence of God and it not kill us, to be made whole and redeemed for an eternity that's why we serve the people around us. We want to be a part of what he's doing on the earth. We want to be a part of what he's doing. 
And I understand the struggle. I was a Christian for 13 years before I gave myself to this word. And then it changed my life in the last two years, completely. All the people that I was upset about, all the people that had hurt me, the, the, the bosses that would curse at me at work and the people that overlooked me, uh, <coughs> even though I felt invisible and unseen in so many areas of my life, I began to read this. You know what changed? Me, not everybody else. God began to give me a burden for prayer for other people. He began to give me a burden to surrender more of my life and to give more of who I am to what he's called me to. And it's changed my life. And I want it to change your life because I know that in this room, there's enough people to completely change this city. There's enough people. Jesus changed the world with 12. I'd love to take 12. I mean, to truly surrender, to truly give our lives to Jesus. I'm not the best at it. It's gonna be a battle every day. You have decisions to make. There's ownership here, guys. And the Lord's gonna give you opportunities starting today to serve somebody else, to love somebody else. Sometimes obedience looks like calling somebody and you saying sorry to them. Sometimes obedience is gonna look like moving your money around. Sometimes obedience is gonna look like starting that business that you have always wanted to, but you've been too afraid to. Maybe it's going back to school. Maybe it's starting a family when you feel you're not ready yet. Obedience is worship. Obedience brings God glory. And obedience steps us into the supernatural where when we don't have all the details, we understand that he does and that if he says go, that we're gonna go. If he says give, we're gonna give because he's not tricking us. He's not trying to trick you. Jesus is so good. He loves you so much and he's already done everything. We just gotta trust him. Thank you, Jesus. One last thing, Romans 5. <coughs> says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. To live with an understanding, to read this and to believe it and say, I'm a son, I'm a friend, I'm redeemed, I am called, I'm empowered. That's what the scripture says about you. It is a radical lifestyle change that will bring so much joy and purpose. Yes, God wants your business to grow. Yes, he wants your family to grow. Yes, he wants you to speak up. Yes, he wants you to be restored and redeemed. But we have got to do it his way. We have got to be willing to not know every single detail before we say, okay, God, let's go. That's what faith looks like. And every single one of us knows there's something that he's been touching. There's something he wants us to lay down. There's something he wants us to pick up, but we don't know yet. We're just kind of like, well, Lord, I kind of have a routine. I don't know. Just trust him. The joy and the purpose and the love that comes with walking with Jesus daily and not just on Sunday is powerful and it's worth it. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? <coughs> the gospel of the kingdom is a gospel of demonstration. The gospel of the kingdom is a gospel of family. The gospel is not about us, it's about Jesus. And in that, 
he wants us to be his hands and feet. And so Jesus, Lord, we just lay our lives down to you. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us clearly. God, we ask, Lord, that you would begin to give us a grace to pray, a grace to fast, a grace to get into your word, God. Lord, for some of us, Lord, this is so new. And Father, Lord, for some of us, God, Lord, we've been doing this for a long time. But Lord, there's always deeper levels, God. There's always glory to glory, God. We have never arrived. And Jesus, Lord, that moment, Lord, when we gave our lives to Jesus, Lord, and for some people, maybe today, that's something that's gonna happen in their life. But Father, I just believe, Lord, that you've called us to more than an apathetic lifestyle, Lord, of surviving each week and trying to just get to Sunday, God. We were never designed to come here starving. Lord, you've called us, Lord, to know you and to walk life out with you, Jesus. And I just believe, Lord, that if we will be a people, we will be a church, God, Lord, that in a broken society, God, we'll pick up your word a couple times a day for just a few minutes and submit ourselves to you, God. Lord, that we will begin to hear your voice, Lord, that, we will be, that you will begin to give us opportunities, God, to love and serve the people around us. And so would you guys just hold your hands out like you're receiving something? I did this the last few service and God told me to do it again right now. Father, thank you so much, Lord. Lord, would you just impart to every single person in this room, God, faith of a new measure faith of a new measure, the type of faith that the Bible says is a spiritual gift. It's the, it's the belief that you can do anything in any moment, God. So Jesus, would you just begin to fill every single heart right now, God. Lord, Lord as we go back into worship, God, Lord, we're gonna worship you. And Lord, we're gonna lay our lives down to a new measure. And I'm just believing, God, Lord, that as these hands are open, Lord, that you're gonna begin to impart, Lord, what the next step is. You're gonna begin to impart, Lord, what that act of obedience is. Lord, that you're gonna begin to speak to people Yes, I do want you to spend time with me. Yes, I do want you to read my word. And yes, I have called you to something greater than just getting by. Jesus, we love you so much. You are the king of the universe and you're gonna change this city. Lord, we're gonna lay our lives down and we're gonna follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.